Before I get into this episode, I have to tell you about Making Marketing. It's a weekly conversation with the people who are leading and innovating the world of marketing, be it data, brand safety, transparency, relationship with platforms, or emerging markets. They're at the front line. Now, some of our recent guests have included David Dancer of MedMed, IBM's Michelle Peluso, and Vimla Black Gupta of Equinox. Tune in on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to Digiday Live, our podcast where we bring you the best sessions from our many summits around the world. I'm Aditi Sangal, and today I'm bringing you a session from the Digiday Video Marketing Summit that we recently hosted in Nashville, Tennessee from November 28th to November 30th. The stakeholders in the future of TV are watching the cord-cutting trends closely. Advertisers are now wondering if more of their ad spend should go to OTT and connected TV, according to Nick Pappas, CEO at Swell Shark. It's a lucrative proposition as inventories have started opening up more broadly. But it's still too early to completely pivot away from linear TV. He discusses the tests on OTT and connected TV services, the opportunity in incorporating them in the ad spend, the challenges, and more. Listen in. Let's start there. Uh, walk me through what, it, what are sort of like the, the biggest frustrations you face right. when it comes to measurement in this, in this place. Yeah, I think it's, right, it's the unified right, measurement is yeah. what we're really talking about. Because every partner that we go to does things in a different way. Every partner provides a little bit different look behind the curtain, uh, and when you try and bring all of those things together into your planning or into your econometrics models post-campaign, it's, it's a really difficult thing to do. Uh, and you know, every partner has a reason why they won't allow little pieces into it. Well, by naming actual names, um, what do you think their reasons are? You know, I, I think everyone has their own, you know, has their own limitations on their own data. Mm -hmm. Everyone has their uh, privacy policies that keep them from sharing mm -hmm. certain data behind that. So it just becomes a challenge for us to look through, and we can get great view counts. Uh, and you know, I think when you look at OTT, you get some of those same challenges where you, some people will give you network counts mm -hmm. uh, with a little bit more transparency, and other partners just. Don't provide that. Level. Well, could we? I mean, let's let's start with the positives a little bit. Um, yep. In terms of the ones that do provide more transparency, or just you know, give you more than uh, uh, than others, uh, who are some of them? We would be curious to know, like, who is farther along here than the ones that maybe aren't right now. Well, how much trouble do I get in with our partners? This won't no, be no. published. There's no, there's no reporters here. No, I, I, I think it's 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 truly different, partner by partner, mm -hmm. right? I, I really think we've got. Um, you know, some partners that are super transparent, not super transparent, that are transparent and forthcoming, that allow us to see uh, some of the data. We had one partner for one of our clients, actually, where we did, uh, we weren't seeing, uh, and it was a little pre-connected TV test when they were still providing companion banners and clickable engagement so we could see what videos were driving real click engagement. They gave us a good look into the taxonomy of how they were setting up specific audiences mm -hmm. and, and we were able to partner with them and, and build a very unique audience for one of our clients. We've only had that experience one time. So the promise, I think the, the promise and the thing we're really looking for with Connected TV is this a great 
ability to do better television, right? To get a better look at an audience, to get more specific to the person that we want to talk to, mm -hmm. and also get the incremental reach that we need from light TV viewers. But it, it's hard to keep that universal across the board. So I'm going to ask you the same question uh, I think I bugged Tiffany with uh, uh, on the social platform uh, right. side. What's it going to take? Like, is it, is it, is this something that you, uh, you just, you know, are, are, are at least trying to apply some sort of pressure to some of these platforms to right. be like, we need you to open up a little bit. We need to get to a point where there is some semblance of a unified thing here. Um, right. I'm just curious to know, like, what's it going to take to get to that if we're going to get to that at all? Because they don't have any incentive to right now, right? They don't have any incentive to, but I think competitive advantage. At some point, mm -hmm. one platform will find a way of having enough scale to really be able to unlock more of the data or work with within you know, the realms of what we need them to do. Mm -hmm. uh, and they'll want to bring that out into the marketplace. I think a lot of partners try, mm -hmm. um, but they're, everyone's always holding a little something back. Mm -hmm. So you know, measurability, looking at different systems is always going to be a challenge. Mm -hmm. uh, there needs to be some unifying system, and I think the market will ultimately generate some unifying system. We're just So you're confident that like, that is... It is coming. There's enough upside potential. Because I trade in pessimism, so right? I'm, just <laughs> I'm optimistic on it. There's mm -hmm. enough upside potential for someone to go, What you know what, if we solve this problem, if we can pull so much more of this money and we can show that the value is there, they can charge more for their audiences too. So mm -hmm. I think there's enough upside potential for someone to really do that. So I want to go a little bit broad a little bit, and let's sort of break down where we kind of are in over the top right now, right? Mm -hmm. I think... Uh, for the, from an advertising perspective, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but for the longest amount of time, we were pretty much talking Hulu and Roku Hulu. in terms of the relative scale versus other people. Correct. Right. Right. Um, how in the uh, from what you, where you sit and what you've seen, has that changed much in the last six to twelve months? It seems like it has. Sure. At least from my perspective, but like on a day to day, here's where client dollars are going, here's right. what I, the kind of conversations I'm having where I'm more often. How, if it, if it has changed, how much has that changed? I think one thing that's made a big impact is some of the networks like scripts, putting things into DSPs mm -hmm. so that now you can buy a lot of connected TV video impressions through a DSP. It allows us to do a lot of sizing of, of audience within mm -hmm. uh, certain networks mm -hmm. and, and some of those providers. Um, Across the board, I feel a lot of the networks have opened up more of the inventory, have made it uh, easier, more readily available. Uh, your DSP options, again, are just so much broader. If we looked back mm -hmm. a year ago, we would have bought a fraction of the inventory we buy today mm -hmm. you know, through our primary video DSP partner. So mm -hmm. that made a big difference. Roku keeps expanding their offering, and Roku technology being in smart televisions is mm -hmm. obviously making that bigger. Um, Amazon Fire TV really starting to provide uh, you know more options within their space as well. I think is working pretty well for us. Let's so. talk about that a little bit. Like, what are you, what's your take on Amazon right now? Because they're still going to destroy all of Long Island City, but like, um, <laughs> and most of it's going to be advertising. Right. Because I mean, New York. Um, what's your take on them at you know across whether it's Fire TV, sort of other products that they have, uh, sort of in that ecosystem where advertising can play, video advertising can play a role. Right. Uh, just love love your take on that right, them right now. Fire TV is a great product, mm -hmm. right? I happens to be one of my 
favorite technology devices. Mm -hmm. It's the easiest way to navigate the majority of the shows I'm looking for, which is always a challenge for anyone in OTT. But they've done a great job in the past two years of turning their Amazon shopping products and that advertising platform into such a viable option mm -hmm. for us, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's no longer you know, just paid search or Google PAL ads. And like you have to do Amazon, everyone that sells a product and sells that product on Amazon has to be advertising. It is not going to be a very big leap forward for them to take that engine and that technology and that shopper behavior and start turning that into ads for those products as well and really uniting that. So mm -hmm. I think they're, you know, they have a lot of potential and I think the next year is gonna be, or maybe two years is gonna be pretty transformational where the way that, you know, oh, someone was speaking earlier about he was doing his headlight research and yeah. then automatically Google was serving him an ad for that light bulb. I think sure. you're gonna find the exact same thing in Amazon. You're deciding between two products and you're watching connected TV and you're getting a video ad for one of those two products. Do you see them becoming, I mean, anything could happen, right? But do you see them becoming the biggest? Because again, we're talking about, we have these two big ones right here. One's a, they're not identical, but you know, they, in terms of who gets most of this kind of uh, uh, this kind of spend? It's those two. Do you see them becoming as big, if not bigger, specific in OTT? Right. I think when they really can tie again, we're we're talking about lack of measurement. If right. you can tie videos to transaction in a way that no one else can, because they own that ecosystem, actually getting a sale, Hulu can't compete in that space. Roku can't compete in that space. You might click to buy, but really here we can say this household watched this video two or three times, went into Amazon, and ultimately converted and made a purchase. So yeah, the, the opportunity is tremendous. And what about uh, another sort of bigger thing in the last two years has been sort of this collective rise of the uh, virtual MVPDs, the streaming mm -hmm. TV services, whatever term we want to use. Uh, there's a handful right now that seem to have managed to get a noticeable amount of scale, let's say, right? right. Between YouTube TV, DirecTV Now, et cetera. Um, is that, has that translated in terms of how much time you are spending on, uh, with, with clients on those kinds of services versus more traditional distributors? It hasn't yet for our clients. Mm -hmm. um, it's a small, a very small portion. We've done one or two small tests. Mm -hmm. For the most part, we're still sitting with the largest providers because mm -hmm. uh, that's where the majority of the scale is and that's where is the opportunity for our clients to, to get that incremental reach. Do you think there's, I mean, this is maybe an impossible question to answer. But what, uh, I, it's one of the things I, uh, I do, I, I've asked people at those kinds of companies as well as programmers, like, what do you think is sort of the benchmark scale for these services to become somewhat competitive with more traditional pay TV distributors, right? Like, is it, I think they're at, let's say, seven, eight million subscribers across the entire thing right now. Like, right. how many, at what point do you think they, they should, they need to get to for them to become a more serious right. option, at least? I mean, I think, you know, I look at Hulu, there are, what, 40 million subscribers that are ad-supported, 47 million? I think it's uh, it 20 million subscribers, and then the, but they have like 50 million viewers. Viewers, yeah. right. Yeah. So I think that's kind of about the right level because that's mm -hmm. where the, the point where we can really start applying data technologies, blue chi data, and start segmenting out. Mm -hmm. And that, that's really transformational, mm -hmm. right? When you're sitting with 5 million viewers or 10 million viewers, it's, it's just as soon as you start diving down into a specific demo, it's not meaningful enough to really have an impact on a brand. Mm -hmm. uh, perfect uh, segue. To go to the client side, you know, as, as we just talked about, like the last 12 to 24 months have been pretty 
transformational in terms of the even just the options available to yep. to marketers within this landscape. Um, what change, if any, have you seen among clients? Like, is that is that something that you're being asked more? Like, what's what's the CTV strategy, or just what are we? What's the right look into OTT? Like, how has the client side changed in terms of how much they're asking about it, talking about it, actually doing right. uh, in these environments? I mean, for a lot of our clients, they're doing it already. Mm -hmm. um, they're all talking about it and wondering whether they should do it. Mm -hmm. We have had a few clients say, do I need to do linear TV at all anymore? Mm -hmm. uh, and we're like, yes. <laughs> you know, cord cutting is a thing and light TV viewing is a thing, but it's about scale and proportion. And there's still a lot of people watching television, so we can get your audience there mm -hmm. as well. Um, but yeah, it, every client asks about it, every client you know, we provide a POV, some sort of strategy, and probably a third of our clients are using it on a very regular part of their media mix. Mm -hmm. uh, do you see more of them, uh, whether it's, you know, existing clients or other marketers you just speak with? Uh, I remember doing a session um, uh, at Advertising Week where I asked a brand, just very simply, is OTT its own line item in the budget? Like, is that, you have your own sort of allocation for that? Do you see people going that far at this point? Like, I'd be just curious to know in terms of no. how they think about OTT versus linear and, right. and sort of, you know, similar. I, I, we don't see it because mm -hmm. we don't operate that way. We okay. really look at it as, hey, we're trying to do this for the brand. And based on your audience, these are the different platforms we're going to use to reach, mm -hmm. you know, your target audience. Mm -hmm. So we don't see it that way. I'm not sure if people are out there, you know, starting to mark it down and say, hey, I need 5% or 10% of my budget for OTT. I'm not mm -hmm. sure yet. Uh, one other thing uh, that seems to be coming up a lot more recently is um, the possibilities, I guess, with attribution mm -hmm. in, in OTT environments. Uh, where are we with that in terms of, like, what, what's available to, to marketers in terms of just whether it's attribution products or just the advancement of those products right. in, in OTT across some of these platforms? Yeah, we've tested a few different attribution models. For us, what's done the best as individual testing is actually trying to do a little bit of a control test mm -hmm. with an OTT-specific uh, campaign. So, you, again, it's not, there's, in some ways, limited scale on mm -hmm. OTT. And if you're doing it within the mix of everything else, even though there are some models, it's not working all that great. Mm -hmm. What we found is actually carving out time, periods where we have a little bit of a, a bench line performance, a benchmark performance. We know what we should expect based on seasonality, and then providing a few key periods of heavied up OTT activity mm -hmm. to see what the, the impact of that is. Mm -hmm. And then we turn that into a bespoke you know, model for them, mixed model and, and econometrics model to kind of bring that back. So Any promising results there? Like, uh, from those we had one client specifically that saw both tremendous lifts in in-store mm -hmm. uh, and uh, online sales. Mm -hmm. And for them, it was really powerful because they're a beauty brand that sold you know, through a couple of the uh, largest retailers in the country. And they, they were getting data, but not great data back from their retail partners because there's that wall. They're not their customers. They're mm -hmm. not the person you know, scanning and, and knowing everything about this individual. And in one client in particular, we saw huge lifts when we were doing OTT campaigns Thursday, Friday, before the shopping day on Saturday, and it worked incredibly well. Mm -hmm. uh, for another client, we were just testing a shift in their demo mm -hmm. and brought it to OTT. We were going younger, 
So we wanted an OTT audience was the most obvious place to go for some younger women. And again, we saw great awareness gains uh, by making a one quarter shift. So modeling it out, planning the test, and planning enough time to, to do those tests of what we've seen as the best results. But it's working. Cool. Uh, one uh, uh, more question for me, and then obviously, as always, I want to open it up. Last 12 months, it feels like, uh, maybe even six, seems like free video streaming services are just like... Blowing up. Right? Yeah. Like, I've no, we've, Pluto's been around for a while, and all right. of a sudden, the last six months, independently, independently of me asking, I've had more people than I can count say, oh, they, we're actually, this is publisher side, like, oh, we're getting money from Pluto, like, nice... Right. What is that? Uh, what is this? You know, like <laughs> we just put our content there and it's working. Uh, Roku launched a Roku channel a year ago, right? Yep. And they say that it's one of the top ones. Uh, there's reports that Amazon's working on a similar thing. Um, and you have every Zumo too. Like, there's a lot more options. YouTube's making stuff available, yep. more stuff available for free. Um, from the media perspective, from the publisher side, I get why this is like, oh, we got to get in on this mm -hmm. now because there's an opportunity for dollars. From the marketing perspective, is this a serious thing right now, or, or, or is it going to be a serious thing, or is it just like, okay, we can throw a few dollars there, but it's not, it shouldn't be a, like anywhere close to the core of your OTT right. media buying strategy. I think it, again, it depends on an audience by audience, right? If, yeah. if it's, um, you feel, your research is telling you that your client is a movie driven audience and there's an opportunity to, you know, work with Pluto and sponsor free movies for, you know, someone for a month, like, there are reasons to kind of jump into it. Um, for the most part, I think the scale is still a little bit small and not primary. Mm -hmm. For a lot of our clients, it's like we're still not fully maximizing what we can do on mm -hmm. CTV and OTT and even some of the addressable platforms. So it just becomes, yes, they're nice tests to have. We can't afford to do everything all of the time. Right. But it's certainly something we keep an eye on. Okay, cool. All right, well, Nick, this was terrific. Thanks right. so much, man. Appreciate it. Thank this you. Great. Thank Take you. care. Thank you all for listening. I'm Aditi Sangu. Did you like the show? Then rate us and leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or again, wherever you're getting this podcast. And you could also write to me or tweet at me. My Twitter is at Aditi Sangu, A-D-I-T-I-S-A-N-G-A-L. Or email me. My email is aditi at digiday.com. I'll be back soon with another episode. Till then, stay tuned.